Welcome to the Goldmine Podcast. I'm Shauna Kathleen, and I'm your host. If you're committed to creating your life and building the vision, come with me. Okay, Tristan. So this is a live, I told you this is a live podcast recording. I'm just going to intro you from who I know you to be and uh, oh, interesting. the things okay. I wanted to share. Yeah. I love I, it. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, because sometimes I'll write it out depending on my relationship with the other person. I was like, no, I want to just come from my heart with Tristan. Everybody, this is Tristan and she is this week's Goldmine Coffee Chat live recording of the Goldmine podcast. Uh, Tristan is a CEO of Rebel Roots Branding and I have known Tristan for a year and a half ish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I watched her um, when I met her, she was an owner of a uh, food prep company. Is Mm -hmm. that how you would explain it? Food prep and nutrition consulting. Right. And nutrition consulting. So we initially connected on the nutrition. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I watched her move into coaching And then I watched her deconstruct everything and get rid of her thousands and thousands of followers and go down to just a couple hundred, a few hundred. Yeah. And uh, with, and that was just like three months ago. And now um, you've gained so many followers. You've switched to branding. You're showing up like a maniac. You're doing these free little 60 second brand audits, which I love so much. You had the giveaway wheel, which I totally am going to (laughs) steal. And um, I'm seeing you show up in a way that that is a brand and in a way where um, like I now have, like I'm excited to talk to you and ask you questions. And so um, welcome. Yes. Thank you, Shauna. I'm beyond stoked. First of all, this is my first appearance on Goldmine Podcast. So yay. Yay. And also like we have super good chemistry. So I'm really excited for wherever this podcast goes and people watching, like just strap in and get ready. I don't, I don't know where the world is going to take us today, but (laughs) yes. So I want to do this thing now that I'm, we're streaming these, these to all the places. I'm just going to put ask questions yes. here. Ask branding questions and here. I don't know what a brand is, is a question. If you're like, I have no idea what that even is, that is a question. So feel mm. free, like there's nothing that's too basic or too foundational to ask, like anything that you guys are curious about. So I want to start, we're here for about an hour and I want to start with, um, your evolution into brand into teaching branding. Cause I don't even that little last, like quantum leap, I'm not even sure what happened. So I'm really curious. Yes. Okay. I think to be able to go there, I have to kind of go back to when I started my business in 2016. So Mm -hmm. my academic background for anybody that doesn't know me is in nutrition and dietetics. And I went into that field because I love transformation of all kinds. I love growth. I love taking control of how you want your life to look and really following your desires. And at the time that revolved around physical health. So I started my business to be able to empower people who 
didn't necessarily feel acknowledged or represented in the Western healthcare system. So very much in rebellion, <laughs> like even way back then, to the way that we approach health and medicine and well-being in Western culture. And so everything I was doing was counterculture to that. It was Eastern medicine. It was, you know, specifically Chinese medicine, acupuncture, herbalism, like all of the things that Western medicine doesn't necessarily stand behind. So that even from then, it was a state of rebellion, right? And I was expanding this career and got to the point where it was ready to scale. Like I got to the point where I was bottlenecked. I needed to start hiring. I was ready to start hiring assistant chefs. I was ready to start hiring additional nutritionists and people to bring on my team. And the universe stepped in and gave me a big slap across the face because everything crumbled. Literally everything fell apart coronavirus hit and I could no longer go into people's homes to cook. Nobody wanted to meet in person. And in some aspects, what I was doing was very difficult virtually. I couldn't find reliable help. I went through four, five, six different applicants. Everybody fell through. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And I just was met with so much frustration and really had that. to, yeah, like just complete breakdowns all of the time because and this really reflects like my money mindset during that time in that I felt like if I wasn't constantly earning and if I didn't have like a positive number in my bank account, I was, I was in survival mode, like straight up. Right. So to be able to watch things crumble was like these, one of the scariest experiences I've ever gone through as an entrepreneur of being like, okay, fuck, what do we do now? Right. And that's when I was working with you guys in Bold Leap Academy with Kiara Mizuko and really realizing, okay, this is falling apart. Like nothing is working that I'm trying to scale. Honestly, my heart's not in this anymore. Like this is killing me on a soul level to keep doing this. And I really needed to tap into like the things that drove me as a woman, like the characteristics of who I was that fueled me and lit me up and inspired me and gave me fire back in my life because I was just going through the motions for so much of working as a nutritionist. And so that's really when I started working as a coach and helping people to build careers online and helping people to start working as coaches, which was amazing. And even still, I felt myself really toning down how much space I wanted to take up and how big my self-expression mm. felt. And for anybody that has lived through that, where you recognize that you are just not embodying the intensity, the energetic intensity of how big you are on the inside at a soul level, it is crushing. <laughs> it feels like you're in a cage. It feels like you're living a lie. It feels like you're hiding all parts of yourself because you are. And after like many breakdowns, I hit, to the, I hit the point where like, <clears throat> It was too painful for me not to just go and do everything that I wanted to do internally, which was to talk about all of the taboo things, to talk about spirituality, to talk about mediumship, to talk about sexuality, to literally embody sensuality and sexuality, because that had been such a huge component of who I was as a woman that was very like um, controlled, like very much under the thumb of people growing up. My family, also the community I lived in very much under the thumb of all of that. And just being ready to be like, you know what? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an adult. This is my time. Here we go. And just ripping everything off and stepping forward and letting who I really was be seen in a big way. 
And the TikToks. And the TikToks, the the spicy TikToks and the spicy content and talking about things that people don't want to talk about and holding space for people who have felt the same way. And then watching that crumble (laughs) and go through (laughs) the same exact process. So like to talk about how that happened is like a series of crumblings of things that were in many ways like additional layers of who I was coming out followed up with massive crumblings of things that were not an integrity that I couldn't hold the energetic intensity of. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. It's almost like you, those, so that last example you gave of just being loud and taking up space and, and, and holding that sexy feminine um, piece that fell behind, that felt held down that mm-hmm it's almost like you express that energy and then that wasn't a sustainable energy, although it was perfect and needed to be expressed. And something that I noticed with you and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the first crumbling when, when you were in Firebird and it was like breakdown after breakdown after breakdown versus the second crumbling, which I wasn't as close to you with, but if it's, if it represents anything like my life and I think it does, that second crumbling was shorter. You cleaned it up quicker. You had more tools underneath your belt. So it wasn't this long drawn out. And I think even the, before that, the longer crumbling was the, the food service business and the health mm-hmm. business. So it was kind of just like every time it's a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely. And it's still, it keeps getting shorter and it keeps getting shorter. And that's a result of like, Facing the intensity and being willing to sit in the intensity because sitting with it and allowing it allows it to move faster. But when you're in resistance to the intensity of shit crumbling around you is when it just persists and persists and persists. So that's what I learned more than anything is to really like allow and hold and care for the depths of how intense shit can get when things are crumbling around you and to be there for yourself and know how to be there for yourself, which is something that I really didn't know how to do incredibly well. Cause I had just been coming out of when I jumped into BLA, I had just been coming out of years of working with trauma healers and shadow workers and shamans and people to help me reclaim my identity from old past wounds and traumas. And so this was a whole new layer of being with what is that I had not yet experienced in the sense of what I perceive to be survival from money and business, right? Mm-hmm. And and what then ultimately led you into branding and the love for that? Because you, I could just tell that you love it. Yeah, I really do. And it, it started with the work that Uh, I was doing around sexual and sensual embodiment and working with, I was still, I've, since I've become a coach, have attracted entrepreneurial women, Mm -hmm. whether they are actively entrepreneurs or are entrepreneurial minded. Those are the women that I've always attracted. And what I loved most was embodiment, expression, going through those stretches and supporting people through them and representing yourself in a way that feels authentic and feels like fun and feels like the truest expression of who you are. And that's what I loved working as a sexual and sensual embodiment coach was that authenticity and that feeling of embodiment. But the thing that I loved most was 
teaching other women how to do that, but not necessarily specifically in the context of sexuality and sensuality, just who you are as a whole, right? So I realized that I was in a niche that I wanted to be able to talk about expression and embodiment rather than specifically sexuality and sensuality. Mm. And so in the context of working with entrepreneurial women, it spent, I spent a lot of time like breaking down all of the things that I did well, all of my talents, all of the things that differentiate me, all of the things that have allowed me to grow and how I best serve others. And I came to branding because branding is the synthesis of how you serve others. It's the synthesis of why you do what you do. It is embodiment. It is self-expression. It is knowing yourself. So having an authentic relationship with yourself and being willing to share that with other people. It is community building. It is storytelling. It is all of the things that I loved combined into a industry that specifically serves entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial women. And so it was just checking every single box for me. And it also allows me to be extremely creative and to support women in the ways that I struggled when I first started my business because I had no idea what branding was. And I struggled for the first two years because I didn't have a strong brand and I was talking to everyone and my messaging was all over the place. And it took me so much time to finally get rooted in what I was doing only to tear that all down and start all over again, right? But with each tear down and each destruction, like that process of how to create the new identity and embody that was the same. And that's what branding is. In many mm. ways, that's what branding is. Mm. I love that image in my head. It's the, even in the uprooting, it just, it creates more nutrients for the soil. So things can grow better and faster and yeah. um, more nourishing. So right before we got on here, we were talking about what to title this and, and you said, branding before business or something mm-hmm. of the like and it just and I want to ask you about that in just a second but something that just dropped was because I instantly was like well shit I didn't do that <laughs> but I, I don't <laughs> on a level and I think that you because we have similar stories with nutrition and health um, on a level I think I kind of did because when I started and this was before a business I started creating feel-good content and uplifting content and um, Eastern culture content, whatever you want to call it. And it was all about mind body. And since the beginning, it's been all about mind body. And so it's when I finally noticed that thing. And actually when I started going on live videos, which was before I had a business is when I wanted to really step up as a leader. Um, I noticed that the same three words, no matter what topic I was talking about, whether it was like, like masculine energy or health and wellness, um, I always said mind, body connection, self-expression and personal power. And so initially those were my first three like pillars. And then now it's just mind body because it's all the same for me, but it's really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd like you to talk about that. Why do you, why do you think it's important to get your branding before you actually start the business? And what's a basic practice for that? Yeah. Well, some basic practices to start, so I like have some context to describe why it's important to build your brand first, is because you know the big why, which is going to inform your messaging, your storytelling, your marketing, everything that you do to attract people to you. So you have to know the big why that you're doing what you're doing. You have to know the values that are going to reinforce why you do what you do, and you have to know who you're talking to, right? And so a lot of the time, we start businesses by creating our services first, right? Which isn't always 
a bad thing. But what can happen with that is that you don't know specifically who you're talking to. So you don't know what words to use. You don't know what language to use. You don't know what tone mm -hmm. to write with. You don't know what stories to tell. You don't know what emotions to use. And we are predominantly emotional beings. We make investments 80% of the time using our emotions, not our logic. So to be able to connect with people on that deeper level, you need to be able to understand them and empathize with them on that deep of a level. You have to know them inside and out. And I hate the concept of ideal clients, of the ideal client avatar being, it literally drives me crazy, of it being somebody that you need to like yes. write down on paper and like, what's their favorite magazine? What Instagram channels do they follow? Like all of these content, like surface level things that confuse you as the entrepreneur and as the leader to think that your ideal client is somebody that you've never met or known or know how they feel before, right? Which adds this extra layer to you to be like, well, Let's think about how they feel. Let's get on a hundred different market research calls to figure out what their problems are. And the reality is- Let me curate is, this. Let me, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like, even if you have a product-based business, like more often than not, we create from our own experience. Whether it's something that upsets us that we don't agree with, that we wanna create solutions to, whether it's something we have personally struggled with that we want to empower others to overcome, it always starts with us and our story, right? So your why, your values, and who your ideal client is, it all comes down to you knowing yourself, having that ability to deeply reflect, and then to express that in the most authentic and emotionally powerful way before you even start thinking about scaling or selling or creating your products or pricing or anything like that, that all comes back to those core questions. My why, my values, and who am I talking to before you ever start building out the business? Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm getting another image. And <laughs> I love that you said that because you made a, a reel or a story about it, the ideal mm -hmm. client avatar thing. And I'm like, burn like, your ideal uh -huh. client avatar worksheets, just have a bonfire with them. <laughs> because we all know we have so many. <laughs> yes. um, and we all hate them. Like who honestly loves doing those? They, they're no. not helpful. They're confusing. <laughs> they detach you emotionally. Yes. You know? The whole, the whole phrase, my body just is like, Bleh. yeah. Like, Bleh. Um, and I love that because that my clients, I always take them back to their own story. And it's like, listen, and you said it in that video, we are helping a former version of ourselves, mm -hmm. which is what we get to realize. Like we are helping somebody who has been on our path and wants to come up our path. I'm not going to help somebody who's been on the path of Tristan. And mm -hmm. I'm not, not going to try to curate my ideal avatar to match Tristan. Mm -hmm. So uh, I love that so much. And what, what did I want to say? Oh, getting people to revisit their story. There's something I find really cool happens when they're open to it and can move through things that come up when we revisit our story is that they see mm -hmm. what a badass they are and they see oh, yeah. what they've created long lasting change in that is going to give them versus like, well, I got confident six months ago. I want to teach people how to get confident. It's like, hold on, Missy. Let's, let's look at these things you, you did for the last few years. You know, what have you been doing since you were a, a however old? And um, it really is a beautiful. And I think once everybody can let that set in that it's somebody who was on our path, a previous version of ourselves, not even somebody, it was a previous version of ourselves in a certain container, right? Mm -hmm. Because you teach, you're not teaching. Cause I, I, 
and this is this leads into my next question because when I think about teaching previous versions of Shauna, I've I know the fallbacks to where it's like, well, I got to teach all of the whole previous of the whole Shauna, and it's like, no, previous version of Shauna's leader or previous version of Shauna as as unhealthy. Um, so I wonder in branding, what do you see in that beginning process where they're going through their whys and their values, where like, what is the, um, where do people trip in that process where they're trying to make it too much about the, the actual branding and less, not enough about them? Mm -hmm. I think there's a huge resistance to making it all about you, but not making it all about you. And so this is permission to make it all about you because I thoroughly believe, especially being spiritual women, the more in alignment with our story and our values and who we are that we can be through our brand, the, the more robust and powerful our energetic frequency is going to be to attract the exact type of person that we're meant to work with. So in that level, there's a lot of resistance around like, well, it's not, it's not about me, it's about them. And you're right. Like anytime you speak or create content, it is for others through the filter of your experience, right? So you get to make it all about you in terms of connecting deeply with the felt experience about the memories, about the lived experience. All of it gets to be filtered through what you went through, but it's also important to write for other people, right? And so that's a big thing is like, I don't wanna make it about me. It gets to be about you and that's actually an asset. That's a powerful thing. I think another thing is that, and this is something that is honestly not talked about. So here we go. There is a lot of traumatic energy that can arise when we have never in our lives been asked, what are your values? What are your, what are the guiding principles of your life? What are your morals? What's your mission? What's your vision? When we have lived our most of our life in fight or flight, those things are not fucking important. They're just not. You're trying to survive. You're trying to take care of yourself. You're trying to stay grounded and feel safe, right? And so if you've gone through immense amounts of stress in your life, if you have always felt kind of scattered, if you people please a lot, if you feel insecure in who you are, if you've been through traumatic experiences, identifying your values and your mission can be extremely confronting because it's something that you've literally never had to ask yourself because it's never been important. But when you're starting a business and you're stepping forward as a leader, those things are essential to connecting powerfully with others through your experience. And so being aware that that's where the resistance is coming from in that, oh, wow, I've just never actually taken the time to sit down and actually feel into what do I value? Like I'm at a point in my life where I'm safe now. What do I value? What do I want to live my life by? And really honoring that process and being willing to sit with the shit <laughs> when it comes up, because that's something a lot of people just don't talk about is it's not a priority when you've lived most of your life in fight or flight or trauma. And so sitting down to do that can be really confronting and it can feel like you're failing and that you don't know what you're doing, but that's not what's happening at all. Mm -mm, not at all. And I know when I was in my most survival state, I was I couldn't give a fuck. I was living so not in my values. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't matter because I didn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. um, I love that you brought that up. So you're saying that the the first trip that you see some people getting on is, is getting clear in what their values actually are or noticing yes. that they don't even have them. Yes. And being willing to question, you know, 
I've gone through periods where I've sat down and come up with 10 different lists of values and each one I'm like, yeah, mm, these mm-hmm. are it. Mm. And then a week later I'm like, nah. and so being willing to go through and take the time because confident leaders have clarity. Millionaire mindset is all about clarity and confidence, right? And so if you have those things in place, you are going to be unstoppable. You're going to be able to create and create and create and build and offer immense value because you have the clarity and through clarity, you have confidence, right? So it's like without those things, you feel constantly unstable and like you're constantly questioning yourself. And I want to encourage you to be okay with the question and with the insecurity for as long as it takes to find the clarity. Mm. That's a huge one. Yeah, because sometimes we will we'll find a thousand words and then we're like, well, which one is it? And then we're like sorting through a thousand values and it, it will refine itself. Mm-hmm. And um, perfect. It's so interesting because not once have we talked about colors or fonts or, or pictures need, at all. You don't need any of that shit to have a brand. Without even trying, you already have a brand. But creating a powerful brand takes intention and clarity. And so for people to be able to hear your name and immediately recall who you are, how you made them feel and what they associate with you, that's the power of a clear brand. Mm. And so that's like what we need as entrepreneurs to scale our impact, to reach more people, to be able to hire a team. Because you try hiring a team and you don't have a clear brand it's going to be like a fucking circus trying to, you're going to have to do everything. Even if people are doing it for you, you're going to have to double check it because you're going to want to feel if it's right, right? You're going to want to feel if it's the brand, but if you have a clear brand, then everything becomes action becomes effortless and easy because you have that clarity, right? Yeah. You're making decisions with your values in mind exactly which is that that was like a major shifter for me is i'm making decision i'm take making decisions taking action with my values in mind and i've redone my and values will change with time and i think like an evolving brand is probably something that people are scared of or i don't want to box let's talk about that one i'm scared to box Mm -hmm. myself in okay cool so now we can get into feminine and masculine energy because this is how i view fear of boxing myself in right so the fear of boxing myself in is the erratic crazy feminine energy she wants to create and go and do and expand but what happens she burns herself out she gets tired she can't go anymore and she crumbles right so when you have a brand that isn't clear that's what you're doing like you're literally letting yourself be gust and thrown wherever your inspiration is taking you which isn't necessarily a bad thing but more often than not it will lead to frustration exhaustion and feeling insecure about who you are as a leader because you're constantly being tossed around right and some people can call that trust and intuition i actually call that a lack of trust in masculine so what a brand i call that the crazy girlfriend problem (laughs) (laughs) yes Yes. so like what what a clear brand does is it gives you like parameters to be able to go as big as you want to within kind of like those guardrails of structure within your brand so that you can let your imagination take you to the heights of where you want to go within that clarity right so you actually grow more you can actually scale easier you can actually 
earn more, you could help more people when you have that structure that is provided by your brand, which is kind of like the divine masculine energy, right? So when you don't have that is when you ultimately feel just all over the place and scattered. It's fun because it's exhilarating and it's risky and it's thrilling, but at the same time, it's exhausting and it can make you feel really insecure about who you are as a woman and a leader. And yeah, as a human, as a human, I think one of the biggest things is, and and tell me if this is a challenge you see with your clients, is um, needing to, so, so with branding, specifically with online leaders like coaches and healers, I, we are a brand, like our story is our brand, like so many stuff is our brand and my brand does not have to amplify every single part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what, let's talk about that challenge and how to, how to support that challenge because I, the boxing in is one thing and in the, it is the same, it's the same thing. Like when I mind body, I filtered it down to mind body. Mind body is like the pillar Literally, I could talk about anything, but it is mind body. It, it is all related back to my body. And, uh, but the, the, the feeling like our business has to reflect every single part of our personality or that we have to teach it or that um, it's defining us as a human mm. will hold people back. And so I'm curious of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I think there is a difference between authenticity and transparency. There's a huge difference between that. Authenticity is the expression of, of genuine, like genuine thought, genuine emotion, genuine um, belief, whatever it is. Transparency is like completely open. You see everything, right? You don't need everybody to see everything that is going on in your life that's actually not beneficial for you as a woman that is constantly evolving and experiencing things to have a set of eyes on absolutely everything that's going on in your life. So even if you don't have a clearly defined brand, there are still parts of you that you leave out of the brand, right? That you choose to leave out for your own experience, for your own whatever it is. So there is a huge difference when people talk about showing up authentically. That does not mean that people see every single aspect of who you are and what you do and how your life works. Like, I think that's in many ways very damaging. And we see people like people on reality TV shows or people who have their constant life in the camera and they crumble, they disintegrate because it's not healthy to not have something sacred for yourself to experience your own expansion and your own growth and your own, you know, to experience that for yourself. And what about the, so that that's like the wanting to, to, share your life and make it about your brand what about my shirt's gonna fall i'm gonna have a slip <laughs> we're gonna have a nip slip here everybody <laughs> um what about the people so for example um rebel roots let's use you i'm tristan i'm creating this brand rebel roots um I see myself as a CEO of Rebel Roots branding. And then all of a sudden I crumble because Rebel Roots doesn't feel like it allows me to talk about my spiritual practices or doesn't feel like it allows me to talk about my relationship because I'm about branding. Like what's that about? And so people Mm. feel pigeonholed. Do you get Mm. that a lot? Mm. That's a great question because I actually think this is where personal branding and the way that I teach branding is very different than what other people teach branding. So just to be clear, like 
if you have a niche or you are an expert in an industry, that does not mean that you cannot still be human and relate to people on a human level because that actually builds trust with your audience. Because if you've ever followed somebody that only talks about what they teach and nothing else, you kind of tune out after a while, right? Like it's just, it's not enough genuine human connection. It's not enough authenticity. That's not truly who you are as a leader. Like all these other aspects are important to your brand. They actually reinforce your brand. They reinforce your values. So for me, like freedom is a huge value in my brand. So being able to show all of the crazy adventures that Kyle and I go on or, you know, me blowing off work for a day because I feel like it like that has nothing to do with branding, but that has to do with the value of my brand. And so it's mm -hmm. reinforcing the value, one of the values of my brand. And it's also allowing me to be a human that can relate to people on a heart to heart level, which honestly, guys, if you do nothing else, do that invest in relationships because that in and of itself will differentiate your brand from the masses if you can if you can serve people in the ways that others aren't which a lot of the time that is just being a human and taking the time to connect with people there's so many businesses and brands that don't do that because it's costly it's like human energy expensive to do that it's not a money-making activity right but your people are the foundation of everything that you will do so you have to care for your community and one of the ways in doing that is just being a relatable person that people actually want to get to know and talk to and comment about, you know, oh my gosh, I have those shoes too. What the fuck does that have to do with branding? Nothing, but now we have something in common, right? Like that is so important. Yeah, I'll, I've, you know, I've been doing this for a while and I'll weave in and out of being super personal and then just being like totally business <laughs> and then being super, but you know what I mean? It sort yeah. of is this, is this thing. And one of the questions, and I always come back to it, and it's been years, um, when I finally am like, feel like I'm emerging again after I've been into a place of integration, if I'm going to like, if I, if I have the idea, if I wanna show something, whether it's my plate of food, my closet, my cats, like whatever it is, if I have the thought, what any kind of thought, like what will they think? Or they're gonna judge me, or they're gonna think blank. I'll make I post that shit. I'm good. normally on stories, you know. And I think that's such a good. It's personal, you know. I think there's a fear to be human to show that. Like the other day, it came up. Our our we have a beautiful house, and it came up um, my back deck. I made a reel in my back deck that's like needs to be painted, and it's all chipped in the winter time, like dead flowers are in the background and I'm like people can't see this and of course I did I put it up there but it's just like we get in our heads about these things that are so relatable can we talk about that yeah this is really important so there is so much resistance and I can speak into what I interpret it to be and I'd love to hear your opinion on it but there is so much resistance to not be taken seriously there is so much fear of not being taken seriously. Mm. There's so much fear of, of people not seeing you as an expert or as a leader because you make yourself too relatable. It's like people, some people want to stay like up in their castle and just provide the value and show the worth, but never actually connect with the people. Right. And there's a lot of different ways you can approach connecting with your audience, but I really believe that the more you can spend time 
getting to know your audience, asking them questions, showing them who you are, making jokes back and forth, the stronger the trust between them and you is going to be so that when you have something to offer to the world, they're not going to be afraid to reach out and ask questions. They're not going to be afraid to have a conversation with you about if it's a right fit for them. They're not going to have any resistance to approaching you as somebody that is providing value, but also somebody that they know they can trust to have their best interest at heart and not take advantage of them. Honestly, you know what having that disconnection, that barrier says to me is it, it reads a lack of integrity. It leads, it reads a lack of, um, of contribution. It, it reads as being very manipulative and just wanting to make a buck off of people. And I know that that's not everybody's intention at all, but that's the way that it can feel when we don't take the time to connect with our people that take their time to follow us and pay attention. We do not deserve people's attention. We do not deserve people's time. We do not, we are not deserving of their likes, their comments, their DMs, their sales. We in many ways have to earn that through earning their trust which is built through heart to heart connection, but also through being a true value based leader. So I could go on about this. I'm not going to, cause I think you get the point, but I'm curious how you feel about that. Like the value of really focusing on building community and getting to know the people that are paying attention and following you. Yeah, that was a beautiful flow you just dropped into. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be the clip for the podcast. Um, I saw your passion there and I was, you were talking and I was, <laughs> You were talking and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do more. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show my humor. I'm going to do it. Yeah, do it. Um, that's my biggest, my biggest challenge is showing my, my type of humor. And so mm. it's interesting because I think my, my take on this is it's, it's going to be, um, the challenge is going to be different per person. So mm. some, somebody might be really confident showing their sensual side. Somebody might be really confident showing their humor side. Somebody might be really confident showing their geeky side, you know, but what is that place that is the biggest stretch for you? And as far as nurturing and fostering the community, I know firsthand, and we just had a conversation similar to this. When I started my personal and spiritual development, I was part of a beautiful community, non-competitive, super cooperative, all the, all the mostly female leaders, but still some really um, beautiful male leaders came in. It was just like, everybody wanted to lift and lift everybody up, lift everybody up and, and just show everybody's expertise. Um, and, and with pure raw honesty, if there was some sort of hard conversation that had to be had, it was so beautiful. And then I sort of dropped out of that and I'm seeing that, okay, so I have two thoughts. As far as connecting authentically with community, I think that what the basis with a fundamental stretches or the fundamental challenges or whatever you want to call it is competition and mm -hmm. I think it's sort of like I'm not um and, and we could call it judgment we really could we could call it the fear of judgment like I'm not cool enough they're not gonna like me let me just like hold my books and walk to my car and not make any eye contact with anybody but we're in business you know what I mean and I think once we can really let the guard down and and once we continue to learn how to let our guard down and continue to learn how to be human and like 
show up like we would show up sometimes like we would with a friend on a, on a phone call. I think that that's so like when I see it, because I've got caught up in loving people who, who give a great image. I really have. I've got caught up in that and I've got caught up in the desire to be that kind of a leader. Mm -hmm. And, um, but when I see women or men showing up in like talking out on their deck when there's neighbors talking or showing up or like going camping and showing up like all crusty eyed in the morning talking about a dream they had like mm -hmm. oh my gosh I'm like ooh, I, it feels like I'm camping with the person or it feels like I'm I'm in their living room or I recently have been trying to like I'm really comfortable here it's my little corner of my office recently I've been trying to like go live in my living room and go live in my bedroom and just take people around with me like I am me all the time I have mind body thoughts all the time not just when I'm in my office you know mm -hmm. I'm leading myself all the time mm -hmm. and so I think if there there's a fear there as a conscious business owner. Yes, it's judgment, but I also think you're competing and comparing with other people and it's time to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you do that whether you have your guard up or not. <laughs> We're constantly comparing ourselves to others, whether we show up one way yes. or another, like it's going to happen regardless. So in my mind, I want to be as free in my brand as I possibly can, which means letting that guard down because then I don't have to put in as much effort to say the things I need or want to say to create the things I need or want to say. It is me saying, hey, here's this thing. I made it for you. What do you think? Is this for you? And it's me being a human that has tons of lived and educated experience offering something to you. And if it's not for you, okay, fine. But guess what? I don't have to try and put on all these extra layers to be, to be a leader because I know that me being me is leadership. Me being who I am for somebody that wants to embody what I embody, me just embodying that alone, that is the core of my leadership. Everything else is a bonus. Right. Yeah. And I think the clearer we become and the con the conscious choosing of moving through those walls because they will show up, mm -hmm. but it's a conscious choosing. I think the clearer, the more we can consciously choose to move through those walls, we're going to see what our brand values is. We don't even have to do a worksheet. Like, mm -hmm. let's just talk about our, th our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Be open and pay attention to yourself. Watch yourself, observe yourself. Notice how you respond throughout situations. This is a great, I would love to actually talk about how to discover your values. And if you've already done this and you're like, I already have my brand values, I already have my brand mission, just stay with us because there might be something here for you. There probably is. There are so many different ways you can go about finding your values. You can look at lists of words and you can close your eyes and tap into your body and feel, wait for the somatic response from your body to feel what words resonate with you. Our friend Nita took us through an exercise that does that. I thought that was beautiful. You can also take a couple weeks to a month and document the things that upset you and pay attention to what upsets mm. you because more likely than not, buried within that frustration or anger or upset is a value that has been compromised. And so you get to pay attention that way. There's so many different ways to go about finding your values. You can also map out a hero's journey and pay attention to the core guiding principles that helped you through each of the challenging moments in your life and what those were. 
there's not one way to discover your values. What you have to do to make sure that your values that you identified truly resonate with you is pick a methodology that you resonate with. Because if you use a methodology that frustrates you and just leaves you with more questions, it's not right for you, let it go, move on. I don't care who gives it to you, let it go. Resonance and clarity is the most important thing. So like, there's so many ways you can go about finding your values, but making sure that they truly reflect the patterns in your life, who you've been at your best, who you've risen to, like in those challenging moments, there's probably values buried in there. There's probably values buried in the things that piss you off and frustrate you about the world. So get curious about that. What pisses you off about the world? Oh my God. Oh, let's see. Let me, let me rephrase. Really pisses me off. Yeah, no, go ahead. Sleazy behavior really pisses me off. Like toxic masculinity in general pisses me off um massively that's more of like a woman personal value than it is like a a brand value that I have but what were you gonna say (laughs) I was gonna word it differently because what what I know there's like what upsets you about the world what makes you angry but um I've done a when you said that it hit it's and I want to ask let's land the plane Shauna um what is it that you see what is it about, what is it that you see in other people that upsets you that they don't see? Not mm-hmm. like, not like, um, so for example, I've many loved ones around me. This is what instantly came into my head when you asked that. So many loved ones around me and people do not, they do not think that finding a purpose is finding purpose in their lives will change their life and support them in changing their life. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, purpose, like the totally purpose. And it upsets me when people don't dive into that. Like I literally get mad. I'm like, well, but what do you want to like, what's the message? Like you, what is, what is it? And I, it frustrates me. Yeah. So a big one for me is the, um, the inability to question your convictions. Cause I have, I've seen a lot of people in my life that get into conflict or, disagree with something and are completely unwilling to question their mindset, to question their perspective, to be wrong, to put themselves in the position of, okay, if I was wrong, where is there some truth in this other opposing perspective? Like, how can I be more open-minded? How can I be more compassionate and empathetic? How can I consider other perspectives other than the ones that I am just holding on to because I want to be right and everybody else is wrong. Like that is such a limiting mindset. And that goes against my value of growth. That goes against my value of authenticity. Like that goes again, that even goes against my value of freedom. Like you are limiting yourself in so many ways because you're letting your monkey mind control you. And so it's like, what if you just let yourself be wrong? and put yourself in the other person's shoes and just consider it for shits and giggles and see what see what opens up for you see what becomes available like that that's very frustrating to me oh, you were like me. that was very <laughs> um you reminded me of something about before when we were talking about um authenticity and with your community mm-hmm. and i know that with me if I am, and this is with my community online or with my family, I don't care who it's with. This is just with anybody. Um, I noticed a really interesting reflection that when I am worried, when I am trying to put an image on and I'm worried about judgment of some sort, 
Um, and I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you're able to identify that inner narrative come up. Um, my practice, yes, I will take those actions and I'll, I'll, you know, move through that little ickiness to just sort of be expressed. But when I notice it happening to a point where I'm not and it's shutting me down, that to me is a direct reflection that I'm judging other people. And so once I can learn to catch when I'm judging, like if I were to be judging you right now, if I would learn to catch that and then be like, oh, well, that's an assumption. And then I judge people less and less and less. And I start to create these crazy stories about why this, why this guy cut me off in traffic that actually presents towards my values. It helps, it helps me judge myself less. And so I kind of do it in this backwards way. I love that. Yeah. Do you notice that, that when you're judging you, you're judging others? Do you ever fall into that? I usually look at it through the perspective of if I'm judging others, there's something in myself that I have yet to accept and own and integrate. So I look at it through that perspective. Um, There's a lot of things that I am frustrated by and angry about in the world at large, because I think it goes against just human decency and stewardship and taking care of each other and trying to be as unified as possible. There's a lot that frustrates me in that perspective. But if it's somebody on an individual level with like their behavior or their life choices, it is always a reflection of things that I have yet to accept and integrate within my own experience. And so it really flips the script on being able to justify your upset towards that person. And it really flips the script on on holding grudges and withholding forgiveness massively because <laughs> mm. you're only hurting yourself in that instance. You're totally right too. The closer in proximity they are to me, the more of an inner reflection it is for me versus mm-hmm. just like people watching on about. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So let's let's come back to branding and let's, so you talk about basics, which was your why, your values, and what else? And who you're speaking to. So your your ideal client. So your history, mm-hmm. if we want to, we can say it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, how about creating, you did a podcast or something I saw a long time ago, and you were taking like really well-known brands like Beyonce or, or Oprah or Lady Gaga or something. I didn't listen to it. I want to. <laughs> Um, I probably will after this conversation, not today, but I'll probably download it. Uh, Mm -hmm. By the way, I was on Tristan's um, podcast she hosts with another girl or two. It's uh, the Bold Girls Club. Is that the podcast it was on or do you have a different one? No, it's that one. Okay. Um, Go check out that podcast. Yeah. And somatic sales. Yeah. We talked about somatic sales and a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah. Health and stuff. (laughs) Anyways, you did this podcast and it was talking about creating a recognizable brand. Hmm. And so I'm curious, and I know you mentioned resonance and like the feeling very resonant with what you're teaching and, and the energetics of it, but I'm curious how that shows up on an online platform. Okay, so you're asking. I'm, I'm asking what creates a recognizable brand? Got it, okay. so having something be a crucial part of your brand that differentiates you is what creates recognition because there are a million gajillion experts that teach on the mind body connection, but the way that Shauna talks about it or the way that Shauna embodies that work or the way that Shauna tells stories about that or the way she teaches it is 
part of what differentiates you, right? And I would also like to add that the quirky sense of humor that you've been stepping that line, you know, you've been towing that line on is probably also part of your differentiation. So like when you when you talk about standing out and rec being recognizable, it's really doubling down on what makes you different. And a lot of the times, like the paradoxes, those are the things that we are usually the most afraid to own because we've been told our whole life that they're too weird, they're too loud, they're too sexy, they're too much, they're too aggressive, they're too bossy, whatever the thing is that we've been told <laughs> that we're too much of or that we've always been in, you know, gotten in trouble for, that we've always kind of been insecure to own. Typically, those are the things that are really going to set you apart because they're a huge part of you that you have yet to reclaim. And reclaiming them almost brings wholeness and integrity to who you are as a woman. And that is the entirety of who you are is is the differentiation, right? Like no nobody is who you are. But when you try and tone down who you are, you're making yourself unrecognizable to the people that need you. Yeah. And then, you know, I become this crazy girlfriend or we or whoever becomes this crazy girlfriend that looks different every time. <laughs> and I've been there a lot. And I uh, appreciate that appreciate that reflection that that humor thing it's been I think that's one of the most things that I was resistant to and like I just having this conversation is going to help because we know that it's the, it's the things that we're resistant to that we get to express so mm -hmm. I just I appreciate you just being very clear and and for anybody else listening I think that there's and it comes back to image like giving up whatever image we think we should be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me put myself in the hot seat so you're not the only one. I personally am really starting to step into claiming my emotional side, my darkness, the traumatic experiences that I've had, my mm. sadness, because when I tell you they're intense, they are fucking intense. You're into human design. So I have the line of depth and I have the line of feeling from my, from my solar plexus to my, um, my heart center. And that is, I, I had somebody ask me one time that read my chart. They're like, do the shit get like really dark and twisty in your mind? I'm like the darkest. It's like, it's like Sweeney Todd up in there. Like you have no idea. And so letting that be seen is something that has always really intimidated me. And to this day, it still intimidates me, but I know that the woman I'm speaking to also finds challenge and struggle owning that part of herself. And so by me going first and me doing that, I'm giving her permission to know that it's okay to have super intense experiences and super intense emotions. But I'm also allowing my audience to see parts of me that are vulnerable, that by many standards would make me weak, right? That would make me somebody that you necessarily wouldn't in that moment turn to for advice, right? I'm, I'm showing you that I am, I am open to being supported as much as I can support you. So it's like kind of leveling the playing field. And a lot of people don't want to do that with their brand. And that's fine. You do not have to. But for me, I don't ever want to be in that ivory tower. Like I don't ever want to be so disconnected from the people that I care about and that I'm leading that they can't see my vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. That's a personal decision that I made. And I can tell you that every single time I've stretched and I've shown up and I'm like disheveled and upset and really grieving and carrying something and processing something, I get messages from people that say, thank you for letting me see that part of you because there are so few people that are willing to, and I just feel so much more connected to you now. And so 
that is the purpose for why I share those parts of myself is to deepen connection with the people that I'm serving because that's the type of leader I want to be. Not everybody's going to want to be that and that's fine, but that's who I want to show up as. So that means showing the vulnerabilities and quote unquote positioning, you know, allowing myself to be weak every now and then and not have to have it all together because I want to be human in the eyes of the people that I serve. Yes. And two things. One, I love that you, you're doing it and explaining it. And I feel your energy. You're doing it out of, of a place of, of pure connection versus doing it out of place of gaining attention. And, and that, um, that sounded a little bit more like direct than I, than I wanted it to. But I think that people, you know, we learn to be vulnerable because people like it and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's not coming from you for one bit. And I, I appreciate it so much. And I've had the same experience where I shared, I think the most, um, the tightest community I had was when I was going through healing through Crohn's disease. And I was a leader. I didn't even know I was a leader. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was the, what was the second thing? You were talking about vulnerability and how you want to share it more. Oh, I think that sharing vulnerability like that really makes a leader seem more. So we see these leaders that we like, these leaders that we want to be embodied in this certain area. Like we see these leaders that have these, this certain things about life that we like, and they can seem really far away. And when we can mm-hmm. share vulnerability, like that, it's like, oh, she's actually, I'm a lot closer to her than I thought that I exactly. was. Exactly. It shortens the gap between where they are and where they want to be. Like, I think that's a huge, I think it's actually doing a huge disservice to brands and leaders that are unwilling to show the human parts of themselves, to talk about their struggles, to talk about what they're currently dealing with, because those women are going to show up regardless of whether they're talking about it right Uh, regardless of whether they share about it because that's the type of woman and leader that they are they're going to keep showing up in the face of challenging shit in the face of painful shit because that's who they are right imagine the message you would send to people though if you are embodied in the ability to hold the intense duality of immense grief and pain and yet leadership and direction and clarity at the same time because we're capable of doing that, mm-hmm. right? And there's always going to be times when you need to shut down and you need to completely disconnect and go within. That's not what I'm talking about right now. What I'm talking about is those day-to-day moments where you're in a fight with your best friend and you're grieving and your heart is breaking and you you allow that pain to be seen, but you show up anyway and you keep sharing who you are because you have now embodied the ability to hold both. And so that gives permission to people that are watching you to say, wow, okay, she deals with the same shit I do. We're not on totally different planets, right? We're the same type of person, but also there is a way for me to live my life and be present and still show up. Like I can do both. And I think that's so, that's such an important message that a lot of people don't take advantage of conveying by embodying all of their experiences through their branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sort of having the the 
you know, tour guide Barbie sort of, sort of online space. Um, uh-huh. And you know what helps that is, you know, showing up in those moments of darkness and continuing to show up. And again, yeah, sometimes showing up is not showing up. But uh, what supports that is clarity of value. Mm-hmm. It really is. <laughs> yeah, which we actually had a question from Steph. Thanks for your question, Steph. Oh, what up, she goes, Steph? She was um, my assistant, and she's nice. fantastic. She's, she's from Gibraltar. Cool. She goes, any tips on next steps when you're clear on your values but less clear on your audience? Okay. So I, I, I'm thinking that she's asking, like, how to clarify who you're speaking to. So I, um, I know, I think I understand because I know what Perfect. is a little bit what's happening. I think, and Steph, uh, be, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that she's asking, like, she knows, because we have this conversation, she knows what she loves to teach. She knows what she's good at. She knows what um, feels, empo- what she wants to empower in, in the collective but not really sure how to call those types of people forward because okay. the things that she wants to teach, and I think this is going to be a lot more clear, the things that she wants to teach, she's always felt embodied in. It wasn't a sort of emergence for her. It's just sort of been there the whole time and she knows that it's powerful. Okay. So how to attract people to you? How to get clear on who she's attracting because it's not a previous version of herself. Okay. Got it. Okay. So how to get clear on who you're talking to. This is where doing a little bit of undercover work can be super helpful. Looking at people who are within the same realm that you're in stuff, who you appreciate and aligned with. So people that you find yourself being, you being gravitated, you being drawn to, people that really share your values. And these are professionals that, you know, by all means might be considered competitors in some you know like vocabulary they can be considered competitors but i think that they're more in many ways like collaborators looking for people that share your values are on the same wavelength as you in terms of how you talk about what you talk about the message that you have to share finding those people and then building connections with their audiences so i think that you'll be saving yourself some time by going directly to the source and building relationships with people who are interested in what those accounts are talking about because they're going to get curious about you, come back to your account and see what you're talking about. And so in many ways, you're kind of hedging your bets on finding the people that would be interested in what you are talking about and what you're teaching on by finding similar accounts and building relationships with their audience. Cause those people are already invested in learning from those experts. And if you have more information or different information or a slightly different approach, or you go more in depth into something that maybe they don't, they are going to want to dive deeper into what you have to offer because they've already shown interest. So that's one way to go about it. Another way to go about it is to like literally collaborate, 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 because the more visibility that you can give yourself, the more out into the world you can be by collaborating with people, getting on people's podcast, having your own podcast and inviting people on so that they can share the episode with their audience. This is going to help people find you and see you online and come to you so that you can start to learn more about them and speak directly to them, build relationships with them, ask them questions, get to know them, and then create content for those people. So if you're not speaking to a former version of yourself, you kind of go back to more traditional ways of doing like, if you want to call it market research, that's what it is, right? But mining other people's audiences for people that 
are going to be attracted to what you're doing, but also collaborating with people who are in similar industries, not necessarily direct competition, that you can support each other that way and expand your visibility and attract people to you. That's how I would go about it. I think that would probably be the simplest. Um, one other way that just came into my mind is for the time being to make your content about what you do in body. So if she's a manifester using I, like specifically I statements or talking from your, your firsthand experience would be really helpful. Do you know what her human design is? She's a projector. Okay, cool. So still talking about your lived experience would be really helpful and making it more about like what you've come to embody, what you teach and allowing, I mean, allowing people to find you that way is gonna be super helpful. I'm curious, how she embodies this work without having lived through a former version of it when she didn't embody it though so um i i'm a so right now um she's not i don't think that she is gonna mind that i share this okay <laughs> um, she's a ba right now she's had a company for a really long time she does fantastic work um and when we were working together, she's like this sexual goddess. And when we were working together, she supported me so much and allowing myself to just be expressed and be my my naturally sensual self. Yum. And she, I know, and she's so good at it. And uh, if this is what, and I'm assuming she's talking about this um, sexual empowerment other than the VA, it could be the VA, but I don't think so based off some conversations we had. Um, and I, I was asking her questions about like, well, what turned this on for you and blah, and all of these questions that we ask. And, and she just like, and I'm sure if she really dives into her story, she'll find some things, but she said she was always sexually confident and empowered. It's just, she's really good at getting other people to feel that way. Um, yeah, so that's a short story. Okay. And, and she loves it. Like she yeah. loves, she, she just loves it. Okay, so if she's always been sexually empowered and confident, I would really encourage her because I, I honestly think speaking from your own experience is always going to be the most powerful because you have an emotional connection to that versus trying to speak to somebody that you attract. I gave you a few strategies that you can use to find people who would be your ideal client based on the work that you want to do from similar experts. I, I still think using your own experience is always going to be more powerful. So what she could do is really spend some time thinking about the environment that she grew up in. Was it super supportive of her being embodied in her confidence? Mm. Well, maybe she works with people who didn't grow up in that environment, right? Maybe she works with people who had parents that tried to put her, you know, in a nun's outfit for her whole life and wouldn't let her wear, wouldn't let them wear what they wanted to wear. Maybe she... Hmm. This is good. Like, I think just sitting down and contemplating her story and really contemplating the circumstances that she grew up and getting really honest about like, was it always truthfully that easy? Because a lot of the times, like the things that we naturally embody, there was some level of having to learn to embody that or, it was, or it was supported from day one. So that's where it's like, there, there is an ideal client embedded in your story already that you can speak directly to. And it's just getting curious about the details. Yeah, I, I would, it would be a hell of fun diving into Steph and her story. I think when you were talking, I'm curious what you think about this. 
since uh, this would be a new venture for her, right? It's not, she hasn't been creating content like this for years and years. Um, would you go and look at other leaders in this field, go see what other students are, what questions they're asking, what challenges are happening, and then make content around that since you don't have your own community? Hell yeah. And girl, if you're not on TikTok, please get on TikTok because this shit, like this type of content is people are hungry for it. And yeah. a great way to start building out your ideal client, if you choose not to use your own lived experience, the best way to do that is to create content that forces people to ask questions because they just, they can't not ask questions. Like they're so curious. And from those questions, you create content to answer those questions. And eventually you start to really learn who's naturally being attracted to you. So don't wait, actually, I would say don't wait to start creating messaging and start creating content in this instance and to really look at it through the perspective of learning and investigating who is naturally drawn to you. That's gonna really help you create targeted content based on what people are looking for. So again, we're getting a little bit more into strategy. Holy shit. Is that Can me you or you? That's you? I was like, I think I have a cyber number. No, that's me. I live on a super busy street in Houston. Sorry, guys. Um, that's one great way to go about it is even if you just start, when I started my podcast, I was I was teaching about sexual and sens sensual embodiment on my podcast. And I started by asking my friends questions, five to 10 questions. And I would answer those questions on my podcast. And eventually people naturally started asking questions in response because they saw me as somebody that was willing to answer literally anything that they asked. And from that, I started to learn what types of things people were struggling with, which is just a continual fulfilling cycle where you always get more feedback the more that you provide specific value. So I just gave you like four different ways that you could try going about doing that. And so really feel into which one excites you the most and start their stuff. But that's four, four different ways you can go about finding who you're talking to. <laughs> Steph, you can feel free to ask any other questions. Um, beautiful. I, I think there's so much to be said with, let me check the time here. We're, oh, we're, we're at 15 minutes past. I'm so sorry. Wow. <laughs> Um, so that's a good time to wrap it up. Yep. <laughs> um, I want you to share anything that is happening and exciting for you that people want and or just a really good place to watch you do your thing. Yeah, guys, follow me on TikTok, literally. Um, I love and hate this about TikTok, but it's very niche specific. So whereas my Instagram is more a uh, more holistic view of my brand in terms of the woman combined with the expertise. My TikTok is like mostly the expertise. So if you are curious about learning more about mindset perspectives around branding or around leadership, conscious leadership around branding or branding strategy, my TikTok is where you want to be. So that's Tristan underscore Thibodeau underscore. My Instagram is the same exact handle. Um, I definitely have the show notes. Yeah, there will be links. Okay, cool. Um, my Instagram's definitely more like fun and robust. There's a lot more entertaining shit going on over there. Um, I'm also more active in terms of like DMs and communicating with people just because that Instagram is a bit more easy of a platform. Um, so those are the two places I would definitely start with. I do have a podcast, which is more about featuring conversations from conscious leaders 
who are online entrepreneurs that have really stepped into their unapologetic self-expression. So food for food for your thought, for sure, the podcast is. And if you're wanting to get some targeted support, um, I do offer strategy sessions, which is like a 90 minute call where we go specifically into the problems that you're having right now. And I help you create goals so that you can start to see improvements and results in whatever it is that you're wanting to focus on. So whether that's messaging, content, engagement, confidence, um, self-expression, whatever it is, we cover those things in the 90 minute strategy session. So hit me up on any of the platforms. I'm, I'm pretty friendly. I'm pretty friendly. I don't bite too hard. So yeah, yeah. She's not too bad. Um, okay. My deepest apologies for the 15 minutes and um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, let me get this right. Okay. Thank you guys for watching.